0: Today we're going to continue to talk about the cost of discipleship from Luke 14. And, you know, it's really a subject that we don't really want to talk about. We don't even really want to face it, you know, really like any type of transformation. We see the end result that we want, but we don't necessarily want to take the steps that it requires to have that change, to have that transformation. And with trusting God and overcoming fear, we are all on this journey— And it's a process of growing in faith and understanding how to overcome opposition because you will be opposed when you step out in faith. And so we wanna equip you with the tools and the foundations to help you walk by faith and not by sight. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's Word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who He created you to be because you were created to thrive. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Created to Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Lori Snyder, and this is my husband, Fred Snyder, and we are going to continue our discussion on the cost of discipleship. And it's based on Luke 14, and I know this is not really a popular subject that people just want to dive right into, and but it's something that you have to know how to um, walk the life of faith that Jesus is asking you to, and be equipped and encouraged to take that step forward each time. It's a step-by-step process. And so it's a journey that we are all on, that process of trusting God and overcoming fear to step into the life we desire that gives us meaning and fulfillment. All right, so welcome back, Fred.
1: Oh, again, thanks for having me, Lori.
0: (laughs) So let's continue on to talk about where we were. We made the decision uh, to—you were leaving your executive career, and we were going to sell everything and move our family out to Colorado Springs to go to Andrew Womack's Karis Bible College, not with the intention of going into ministry or to be pastors of a church, but truly the desire to know God— Know his word and discover who he created us to be.
1: That well, that's exactly what it was all about. You know, I had looking back on it, there's no natural understanding of why we would do such a thing. Um, again, people thought we were um, a little off, I would say it's probably an accurate way to put it, and what's right. going on. And you know, it's turbulent times back in, in 2010, nine, ten, and the economy was 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 not doing all that great and it was it was very d- tough on a lot of people at that point and there was a lot of financial stress at that point coming off the um, the Great Recession of 2007 um, uh, eight and nine so yeah. uh, you know there's, there's a lot of financial focus and a lot of s- social circles how are you doing what's going on you know and there's a lot of pressure in that area of finances on uh, uh, throughout the country and, and 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 where we lived so Um, reflecting back on the economic situation of the times most people thought we were crazy selling our house when they would have a poor housing market, um, giving up a full time executive position and, and, and moving out somewhere to a Bible school that most people have never heard of. So, you know, look at it in the natural from everybody's understanding, um, it's kind of foolishness, but you know what God calls foolish to to men. Men have, you know, they just don't really have an understanding of what that is because they do look at the things of God in, from a natural perspective, typically, and not from a godly perspective. So yes, the whole heart of it was going out there. One, because He put it on our hearts to do it. Mm-hmm. We, again, we established our hearts to do it, and so we were fully convinced that it, that He was calling us. And that we needed to do this, you know, and looking at Luke 14, essentially, it's what it's really doing is picking up your cross and following him. If you look at scripture in Luke 12, the 14, 27, it says, you have to follow, pick up your cross and what? And follow me. Mm-hmm. So he's leading you. And He's and, and once you are convinced of his goodness mm-hmm. and his kindness and gentle and everything that he is and, and that he is love and all good things come from him once you have that established then things like this are easier to do now that was pretty pretty significant what we did um you know very significant but i think the lord just wants to enter into relationship with people to get to for have people to get to know him to just take even just small steps of faith right it doesn't have to be this Again, re- reflecting back on our previous podcast, it all started with the small steps that established trust and established under, established faith and established um, uh, our relationship with him, with each other and with him. So it started small and it got bigger and bigger. And, you know, and, and picking up his crosses is going, you know, dealing with the things of the flesh, dealing with things of, you know, the relationships that we talked about earlier that kind of come against you and think you've lost your brain. Uh, dealing with finances, that it may not look like this is a really a smart thing to do, but if he's calling you and you know him, you trust him, you're willing to do that, and, and so forth. So, well,
0: and two, just before we get ahead in into what we're going to talk about, one of the things that again, if you don't know our story, um, we had just gone through uh, overcoming marital separation. We did not get divorced, and so we had done a lot of heart work, and you had to get to the point where you recognized. You had placed a lot of your identity in your career, in your work, to find that worth and self-value, and so now you were wanting to really have the Word come alive to you to know who you are in Christ, to find your identity not in what you do, but who you are, and then as an extension of who you are, release that into your sphere of influence that you work out of that because it was really going to be part of your calling and and um, everyday living. But you had also, when you said about the housing market, you were in the home building industry, and so you had just gone through a tremendous amount of... Um, personal stuff of finding, or, you know, a lot of people that you knew were losing jobs. It was not, it was a very stressful environment for those several years. So not only had we just come off of, you know, our own personal uh, struggles, but there was a lot of struggles with people in your environment. And I know you really just wanted a Sabbath rest too, like that sabbatical to where you could just have time to kind of process everything you had just gone through for the last what, seven years?
1: Yeah, I I wasn't motivated really by a sabbatical. Right. I, I mean, the desire to, to, to lay it, uh, God works through desire. He says, you know, he gives you the desires of your heart. When you focus on him and you follow him, he puts that desire in you, but he also takes away a desire. Right. And for most men, I, I would have to definitely say a lot, most men, uh struggle with their identity in terms of what they do for living or they put their identity in a title they put it into a company an income Mm -hmm. and that really becomes their status status, you know in the book that I, i i wrote using baseball as an analogy you know, I state that we put on masks, and then we have facades. The mask is the false identity we put on ourselves, but the facades, all the materialistic things we put around it mm-hmm. to actually validate the mask that we put on, the big houses, the cars, the titles, and, you know, all those things are actually facades, and the masks are really a false identity we put on because we really don't know who we truly are. And I think that's pretty dominant in a lot of men's lives. Sure. I
0: don't
1: think, I think... Uh, most men struggle, um, or maybe they don't struggle with it. Maybe that's just something they have adopted, accepted, it's accepted and they moved on. Um, but I didn't accept that. I knew coming off our separation that, you know, I, I was not a healthy person. I, I needed to get, I needed to find out who I was. I needed to find out who God was. I wanted to find out who I, what I was really created for. Right. And there's only one way I could do that. It was take all the idols, all the... the I had to lay, get rid of the f- mask. I had to get rid of the facade. I had to remove myself. I had to actually pick up that cross and and, and put myself in a position where I gave up everything to follow him. Because yeah. that's really the only way you're going to to really... Now, I'm not saying go around and quit your job or no, go and get no, and sell no. everything. It's just what the Lord right. had me do. But you're going to have to come to a point, I think, to really move forward in life in terms of finding the things that God has for you um, to even bless you even farther. And to again, the, the, the true definition of success, bless people yeah. and influence people. For the cause of Christ, that is true success, and that's really what what really was in my life, and that's what I wanted wanted to do. But again, it's it's a tough process. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of hard work, and that is not a fun thing. Going going deep into your heart to find out these strongholds that have gotten you, and why, and, and and actually revealed to you why you've settled on strongholds and idols. Versus the authentic you,
0: right? Well, they are lies that we believe about ourselves because they've been told through all those t- that time process. So, I just want our listeners to have that understanding because you can hear a story like ours, and and one person can automatically say, "Oh, I could never do that," because we tend to judge ourselves and compare ourselves against other people, and that's just unwise. But I want to give an understanding of God meets you where you're where you're at, and. Y- the one common thing that i continue to hear from people no matter what walk of life they are they know within their, their hearts that there is a deep longing for more to life than they're experiencing they just don't know how to get how to achieve it and really that's when jesus says until you're willing to lose your life will you truly find the life that he can give you that life and abundance that overflows and constantly refreshes and fills you. So I just wanted to give our listeners that backdrop. So wherever you're at, if you are longing for a more meaningful life, then this is for you because this process is going to work for anybody that desires it. So Okay, so let's get back to the, the cost of discipleship. We talked in the last time about how you're going to have to, um, you're going to be opposed by other people.
1: Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> um, a lot of the people you've, you've established these, and I just mentioned that face and facades, and you start moving away from that, the people that actually live that same type of life Think you've lost your brain? They'll probably come against you. They, they, literally, will come against you. Why? Because you're really kind of threatening their sense of their identity as well. And I, and that's in the relationship side. I, th- I think that has that's a very strong pull to to not do it.
0: Well, family and friends care about you, and they want to make sure you're whether you're selling a house, whether you're just making any type of decision. They want to protect you. They love you. They want your best interest at hand. But again, they haven't heard that word from the Lord for you. And so there's going to be very few people that actually are going to be championing you on to fulfill the call of god in your life oh yes
1: because it doesn't it's it's typically when you start doing things like that it's up outside of human understanding as we discussed earlier and they just can't reconcile it in that mind based on who, how they interact with you how they know you and how they see things in their inner in um and understand things in and of themselves and um and the other thing i'd have to say is you know your own flesh and your own thoughts will actually counter and will Will, will come, you'll, your old systems of thinking in your brain will constantly come back and create doubt in your mind, and, and that's not necessarily from you, but, you know, the flesh doesn't want to give anything up, <laughs> I mean.
0: Yeah, well, in Jeremiah 10, this is one of the verses that the Lord had highlighted to me during that process, was Jeremiah ten twenty three it says, "'O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps.'" We have got to find out the Lord's leading and what He has put in us that He wants to develop and grow so we can become the person He created us to be.
1: Absolutely. And that's part of why He says you got to pick up your cross. And when you can put down all these outside voices and even your old ways of systems of thinking, by picking up your cross is really what you're saying is you're laying things down to follow Him. And that's when you can see here, you, you begin to hear close. You hear... Um, more effectively in your in, in that trust is developed in which you're willing to take steps you know if you go to Hebrews 1 and 2 it, it's it's a really great scripture it says uh, therefore since we are all surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses of witness um, it said lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us. Now, who set the race before us? He set that path. He set that race. He's got things planned. He's sending you in one different direction. That sin isn't necessarily all these behavioral. It's unbelief. It's it's really, yeah, exactly. It's unbelief and not in missing the mark and actually not doing or not having faith for the things that God has for you.
0: Hebrews 12, or, yeah, 1 correct. and 2. Correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a very important part. So you've got to be able to hear from God. And that's a process of time and intentionality, of being in his word. And then also that inner witness. That's where it talks about that the Holy Spirit will bear witness with our spirit what is true. So that that knowing that you have deep within inside that we were talking about, you just know that you know that this is the step you're to take. So what is the next process in in that journey?
1: Well, I think you have to understand that as you, the, the farther you move down the road, the more you're going to get opposed. And it's not necessarily from relationships or financial or from yourself, but you know, you're really going to have to come to a point where you understand that it's, it's a spiritual battle mm-hmm. and the farther you actually, the more, the. Uh, Faith is always opposed, but with the enemy and using a fear tactic or somebody to come against you. Okay. And you're going to have to understand it can be random people, people you don't know. It can be even people within the church or in the company you work for. You have to understand that it's a spiritual battle and the enemy doesn't want to give up ground. And he's going to, the farther you walk in faith, the more you're going to be opposed. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at the book of Hebrews and actually read about the heroes of, of the Bible the Moses of the world I mean look at his journey you look at David you look you just look at all of those and read through the hebrews chapter of faith mm-hmm. and actually go back in the old testament and read about how they fought through it and the new testament doesn't really talk about how they were opposed just right. talks about the victory victory how, how well they did exactly <laughs> and if you read the old te- you think wait a minute these are two different people right well i guess the most beautiful thing since all scripture is is holy spirit inspired correct right that god you're reading in Hebrews about the Hall of Fame chapter about how God sees them, and you don't see any of the mistakes,
0: right? Because He sees you through the blood of Christ,
1: exactly. And that a lot redemption. of people need to understand that. And a lot of a lot of people that are walking through this process have to start viewing themselves through the eyes and through the blood of Jesus, yeah. over an Old Testament perspective of guilt, condemnation, fear, and judgment. 100%. Judgment's done. Right. It's already been judged. All
0: was placed on Jesus.
1: Exactly. So you have to actually, it's a good exercise for most people that are actually start this process of walking in faith. You know, if you read the failures of the Old Testament and then look at them and see how Jesus views them in the Old through the Holy Spirit-inspired lens of how right. God views people, it's, it's a great exercise to look at both and know that, okay, God sees me this way. He's not holding anything against me. If you hold something against yourself, you're retaining your own sin. And when you retain your own sin, really, essentially, what you're doing is you're disqualifying yourself. And and it's in that disqualification you're trying to become a disciple, but yet you're disqualifying, disqualifying yourself for something that you have done, or some guilt, condemnation, or things like that. And it says in Scripture after he talks about the cost of discipleship about discipleship about salt losing its flavor, correct? Mm-hmm. And it becomes worthless. Well, you know, you can actually disqualify yourself. Yeah. And 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 basically take yourself out of the race. And it's really your choice. Right. And I think he puts that in there about the salt is because he does not want he's it's a warning to to if you engage the race of faith and you want to become a, and you are a disciple and you are moving forward, do not disqualify yourself. But most people, I think, a lot of people that would actually start in this process simply would say it's 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 a heavy cost, and 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 they they end up disqualifying themselves or moving away from the calling or running that race that the Lord has set before them.
0: Yeah, because it requires endurance, and that's what He's talking about in Luke 14 that you don't start something without counting the costs. You know, we're we're both in. Well, you're in the home building industry. I've been in the home building industry uh, with designing kitchens. And one of the things that you know is before you start a building project, you have to know what is your budget. And then you have to add at least 15 to 20% on top of that budget to account for the extra costs that it's going to require to finish that project.
1: Well, I think there's even more to that. Absolutely. Um, A lot of people underestimate the cost of building a house. Yeah, and, and, it's, and not HGTV. I, no. <laughs> it's not HDTV No, it's not. I got to be careful here. I know. Sorry. They create these wonderful things that most people can't achieve because <sighs> well, anyways, that's a whole different <laughs> expectations. story. Expectations. Because there's another element to the building process that I think you that yes, it's the financial side and the budget side, but I also have, have to throw in there. There's the time side. Yeah. And exactly. a lot of people don't understand. They think it's going to go up in ninety to one hundred twenty days. No. Uh-uh. Especially I mean, right now. Why is that? Because a lot of things get pushed out. Um, example, appliances. Okay, you try to go buy an appliance about six months ago, you couldn't get one. Right. Uh, windows. I mean, I, not most people are... I mean, a simple window that everybody looks out of every day, lead times have pushed out from, let's say, a typical six weeks in a normal build cycle. Now they're all like 20, 22 weeks. Yeah. Garage doors, same thing. Precursing. So what, the reason I bring this up is because you have this expectation. Yeah. You have this expectation on cost and time. Yep. And, and the cost doesn't, the cost gets blown out, and then the time, time go, adds another 50, 40 days. Well, what's happening here? You're getting pushed, you're getting squeezed, yep. and it's not happening as fast as you want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, what's happening? You're going to discover exactly what's on the inside of you.
0: Yeah. You squeeze a lemon, and juice is going to come out. And so you're going to find out in this discipleship process what's in you, and that is not always pretty, and that is really what I experienced. Well, you experienced it a lot, too, just differently in going into that separation time where we went to Bible school, and we had all these different things that we had to uh, overcome, and patience, and that pressure of waiting, and it's going to feel like death it is death to your flesh because your flesh wants to be in control. Your thoughts and emotions and your five senses they want to dominate because they want it now.
1: Oh, exactly right. They, you know, we think we're running this fifty-yard dash or forty-yard, no. four-meter, forty, 40 forty-yard run, right? And next thing you know, it turns into an 800 meter sprint. Right. It's a whole different race. Right. It's very difficult. Right. And I'm talking a sports analogy here because we're we kind of like sports. But yeah. But yeah. I'm saying is. It, you have to just, that's where the patience is going to do a work.
0: Right, right. Well, even if you start lifting weights, we'll just use, you know, health and exercise and, and diet. You don't get there over, you didn't get there overnight, and you're not going to change overnight. You don't start developing muscles, right, overnight. It takes a long time, and you've got to build down, or excuse me, you break that muscle down in order to build it up. And likewise, character is going to be developed in that waiting, in that pressure of that process, you really find what's in you. And that's when you've got to go to the Lord. And it says where he says in um, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, I believe it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, because my burden is easy and my yoke is light, or my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm not reading it from—I'm just saying it from memory, so don't judge. But that process of—and that's why I think I go back to your, you really wanting that sabbatical. And for us, we had spent so much of our marriage away from each other. We didn't look at Bible school as, oh, we're going to really work on our marriage and our family life, but that's part of that process that we didn't even recognize what the Lord was doing because we had to build a whole new foundation for our marriage, and you with— the boys and me with the boys and, and acting as a family unit. So there was a lot involved. So when we, when we hear God's voice calling us in a direction, we want to, have everything in this box thinking, okay, this is the reason why I'm doing it. And I will tell you, there are so many reasons we don't even recognize, but it's that goodness of God that is calling us into that best life, His life. He is life, and that life in abundance, the God quality kind of life. And so it was amazing. And so for us going to that time of of separation, a Bible school, not only helped us know the character of God, know his word, know our identity and authority in Christ, where we saw signs and wonders and miracles. And we were releasing the kingdom of God every day and and experiencing heaven on earth. But what it was doing was resetting our marriage and our family life to then propel us into live the life that we truly desired.
1: Oh, ab- absolutely! It's just—I mean—in the end of the day, it all starts with the foundation. Yeah. And if you don't have the foundation, if 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 you're devoid of a foundation, or if people are devoid of a foundation, or a really a good sound basic structure, it's what their life that they build is. and it's very scriptural. It's gonna built on a sand. It's gonna storms gonna come, and it's gonna get right. washed, washed away. Where our, <laughs> our lives were washed away, and and that's t- topic for the next. Next um, podcast, I really want to talk about that process about building because yeah. obviously Jesus being a carpenter and a fisherman, which I can relate to him pretty well. I love yeah. to fish and I love to build. So yeah. <laughs> he's my kind of guy. Um, <laughs> but anyways, we built on the sand and it got washed away and we had to start over. And in the in the Lord, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And I would really want to talk about what that looks like on the next podcast okay. about really what's that like to build on a foundation.
0: Build on the rock.
1: build How to build on the rock. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyways, again, circling back, counting the cost relationally, financially, um, from from your own, uh, looking at the cost of what you, you know, of taking off the masks, removing, right, remove remo- removing the facades and, and humbling yourself in in the humbling in, in the spiritual side, yeah, um, and this part of the spiritual side is being it's humbling yourself, humbling yourself because God exalts the humble, yeah. And there's a spiritual battle, and the only way you can really win that and, and be victorious in the spiritual battle is to to from through a hum- a, a a very very powerful position of humility.
0: Yeah, yeah, because God gives grace to the humble, and His grace is His enabling power, not just favor, not just divine influence of your heart, but that super on your natural
1: absolutely you know a uh, 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 humility is a spiritual conduit of grace and power yeah and in and in, in, in enhanced relationships and and if you open up that conduit through humility uh there's there's nothing's gonna stop you it's yeah. just in a very 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 powerful and with that humility and with that grace hope yeah. and it's one of the most under taught under under um imagined or under um, discussed actually topics of mm-hmm. our human condition is 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 hope yeah but we're going there eventually
0: right. because that I believe is really the true battle it yes it's your thoughts you know the battlefield of the mind we all know about that but it's really hope is the battle and that is what I have really had to battle on a consistent basis. Throughout the years is hopelessness. So
1: that's a the, the hopelessness is one of the, uh, the fear, doubt, unbelief, and hopelessness are, are tools that the enemy yeah. constantly uses against you on the spiritual side. Yeah, and when you understand that and you have an active plan to fight against that, yeah, uh, you're far better off and you're so much more likely to 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 fight through and step through and to be and to live that life as more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror means it's already been won. Now you just have to possess and take the land.
0: Yeah, and that's our position in Christ, and that's why it's so key that we understand our identity in Christ, not identity in a job or a successful career or a family or a bank account or whatever. It truly has to be rooted and grounded in God's love because faith works through love, And we inherit the promises through faith and patience. So that is what we want to leave you with today. That, um, you know, I always say there is hope and healing for any situation because Jesus is our hope and he is our healer. And if you don't know him in that way, um, I just pray right now that you open up your heart and just say, Lord, I want to know you as my living hope, as my healer, as my redeemer. And he'll meet you right where you're at. And so I just bless you. Um, As always, you can leave me a comment. If you need prayer or healing, message me, and I will stand in faith with you. So until next time, God bless. Friend, I hope this podcast has blessed you. And now here is a way that you can really bless me in return. First of all, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And then go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a written review along with a five-star rating. This not only encourages me to keep going and producing these episodes, but it makes it possible for others to learn about this podcast as well. Then go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode or your review, and then share it on your Instagram and Facebook stories, and make sure you tag me at Lori K. Snyder. So then I can share you and my stories, and then we can just be social together. Together we can reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and this podcast helps make that possible to fulfill the Great Commission. Thank you so much, and God bless.